KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I. Welcome in San Diego, it's Jade Hindman, the chef of one of San Diego's most Instagrammable restaurants, Anime, is receiving high honors. She joins the show to tell us about her Asian-infused cuisine. This is Midday Edition, connecting our communities through conversation. Welcome back to KPBS Midday Edition, I'm Jade Hindman. The James Beard Awards announced this year's semifinalist for their esteemed culinary awards, and only one San Diego area chef was among the nominees. Chef Tara Mansad, executive chef at Anime Restaurant in downtown San Diego, was selected a semifinalist for Best Chef in California. And Chef Tara joins me now to talk more about her nomination and her culinary journey. Chef T- Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Tara, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad to have you here. Um, okay, first, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So can you tell us about the James Beard Awards and, and what being nominated for Best Chef in California means to you? Well, James Beard in the Culinary Award is a, is a kind of a big deal. It's not something they just hand out, obviously. And um, to be one of the semifinalists, I'm, I'm super honored. I think it's it's a great thing for San Diego. I don't think... San Diego gets enough love in the culinary world. And I think just to represent San Diego and my team, I know it says my name on it, but I look at it as a, as a, as a team win. And I think it's, it's something really, really great for us. All hard work pays off and it's nice to get some recognition for it. Yeah. From now on, every time you post a picture of photos of yourself, hashtag kind of a big deal. Kind of. Yeah. I know. Uh, the people that got it before me are some of my friends. So, and to be in the same category as them, I'm I'm super honored because those are people that I look up to. And to be saying that I've uh, I've a JBF semifinalist yeah. is, is something pretty good. That's, pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. Okay, but you mentioned that you don't think San Diego gets enough love for its food. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, we're a small but big city. We're not that far from um, from L.A. I'm born and raised in L.A. It's only a two-hour drive, right? And then Mexico is right there, and Mexico has such a great food scene. It's just separated by a, a border wall, you know. Um, but I think there's a lot of talent down here, down here and I think uh, it's a city, especially with a lot of transplant and, and tourists. Like I don't know why we don't get more love than we do. Um, 
But I think slowly, slowly, like now that Michelin's coming and we're in that category of people being seen, I think it's a, a lot more movement will happen down here and motivation for people to do even more food. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're certainly getting love and uh, you're, you're at anime. So tell us about the cuisine that you create over there. Uh, the cuisine, um, well, it started as a Japanese steakhouse. That was kind of the identity. And when I took over, I kind of veered away from that. Um, I, I like, I like steakhouses. You, you want your mashed potatoes, you want your stuff. Um, but, uh, at anime, I just wanted to do food that kind of represented me. And I'm as a Asian, first generation, Asian American, Filipino American, I just started creating things. And now it's to a point where people are not even ordering a steak sometimes. So I'll, I'll do what I have. Um, what's the biggest thing for me is I get to put Filipino food uh, in a fine dining room uh, where people never experience Filipino food like that versus like maybe in to-go box. Or, I mean, we have one of the biggest communities in the United States. And so I get people opportunity to experience food like that. Um, but I can do anything from Korean to Thai to Chinese. And, and honestly, it's just whatever... I want to do that's create creative and it it seems to be going well so far people are having fun with the menu it's a good combination of like Asian and like American influences because that's what America is it's it's a melting pot yeah yeah so you say food the food that you cook yeah is, it's really a reflection of your heritage yes um, tell me more about that um, well, let's see. Um, being born in L.A., there's diversity. So there's some, that's how I learned about food. So some days I'd be eating Mexican food. Some days I'll be eating Italian. Some days it'll be a baked potato and steak. So like, for example, like I have for a steak as a, people kept asking for potatoes and Asians don't eat potatoes as a side like that. So, but I had to create something. So I basically made a A5 potatoes that are crispy potatoes with a koji sour cream and then a Chinese bacon sausage jam. Basically, it's a deconstructed baked potato with Asian influences like that. So that's kind of what it is. It's like very American thing of potatoes, but having little Chinese or Asian influences pop here and there. And that's kind of like what a little bit of that. And then some of it is very in your face Filipino food, but uh, with French technique that I've learned over time because I did other cuisines other than Asian food because there's not that much of choices here in San Diego to work in. And I just took all of my experiences from those places and kind of implemented them in the food that we're doing here. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to ask, I mean, does Filipino cuisine in Southern California um, have a different twist to it from all the cultural influences in the area? Well, I mean, I think there is based off what's available. I mean, like food, uh, fruits and veggies here, in U.S. versus the Philippines are completely different, right? So um, I think it kind of limits us on some of the cuisine that we're able to have here. Some of it is very native in the Philippines where you can't get some of those products. Um, but if we're able to get it, maybe we'll do our twist on it. Like um, green tamarind is in a, a, a soup that is in called sinigang, which is a sour agent. But here I've seen it done with rhubarb. I plan to do it with tomatillos. I've seen with just simple lime juice. Like it's it's what's available here. So we, we do our take on it, that, but still hits where it's still very, very Filipino. So it's more of a regional take. Yes, and, exactly. And what's available rather than exactly. sampling from this culture, that culture, and so on and so forth. And exactly. And because some of us are limited to those products, a lot of even Filipinos here haven't had some of the food that is native to the country because it's not available. But so it, what's kind of nice is when you do regionally, 
and you, if you do enough research, you can make something that somebody doesn't even know. Like some people don't even know that there's different versions of chicken adobo, but everybody knows what chicken adobo is. But there's a red green, there's a red version, yellow version, a white version, and some of people, even my friends, don't know that even exists. Mm-hmm. So I have an opportunity to even educate our own people about our cuisine that they don't they don't know about yet. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I mean, so this might be a tough question to answer because you know, <laughs> I mean, you you've got to taste the food to know what it's like, uh, and I get that. But, yeah. I mean, for those who haven't had the pleasure of eating Filipino cuisine, can you describe it? Oh, man. Um, I like to say it's a melting pot a little bit, too. There's influences from the Chinese because the Chinese were there. Certain places, uh, depending where, have Muslim influences or more spices. And then there's um, stuff that is very native to the Philippines. Like the, And then there's also the biggest one is Spanish influence because we were colonized by the Spanish. That's why a lot of our dishes have similarities. There's even um, a city in Philippines called Mexico. You know, and there's like we have tamales, but our tamales are made with banana leaves and instead of like corn husk. And that's another another thing. So it's a lot of making a lot of something out of a little bit, you know, a lot of humbles, a lot of one pot meals, a lot of simplicity, just simple fresh fish with steamed vegetables, um, fish sauce, uh, shrimp paste, a lot of very fermented things. It, depending where you're from, spices can be introduced, but usually it's more of the Muslim influence and based off the spice trade. So um, it's just like most countries, there's it's all regionally different. Yeah. You don't think that there's mountains in the Philippines, but there is. And even up there, they have the same climate as we do here. And so it's not as tropical. So even the food in that area can be different. So it's it's um, like most places, it's you know, how do you feed a lot of people with very little? Yeah. You know? Do you see um, the cuisine growing in popularity? Oh, very much so. Here, if you look at the list this year, there's Filipinos in almost each category. And I think that's because there's a generation of us, especially after COVID, who are really trying to push our food forward. I think a lot of us are first generations where most of our parents moved here in the 70s and 80s from, you know, the Philippines. And now that we're all old enough and a lot of us are doing jobs that aren't the most typical, like I always tell people I used to be a nursing student. I tried to be a nurse and it's it wasn't for me. And then I changed my career at a very late, later age compared to most to become a chef. And I started from the beginning again. So um, I think there's just a lot of people who want to be creatives. They want to be kind of break the mold a little bit and go against the grain. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. Wow. Okay. So from nursing to becoming a chef, mm-hmm. um, you made some sharp turns there. So <laughs> yes, completely well, different. Yeah. What but you know what? It's still science. <laughs> it's still science. I've always loved food. You know, I was a kid. Um, instead of watching cartoons, I was watching the Food Network. Mm-hmm. I was watching Iron Chef when it was only in Japanese. Like, what kid does that? Like, like I, I mean, not a lot of us do, but you could tell at a young age I was really, really into food, and I would force my friends to watch it with me instead of watching MTV. <laughs> that shows my age. I'm aging myself. Um, and but, remember when that was... Dude, MTV was it. Like, yeah. TRL and all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. they wanted to watch that, and I wanted to watch uh, Great Chefs of America. Oh, delightful. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, like, walking through how to make a Burblanc. Like... <laughs> 
And, but I should have went to culinary school right out of high school, but I didn't. You know, you know, when you're young, you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. But that's what that's what's great about going to college. You figure yourself out. Exactly. Yeah. You st- you ended still ended up where you needed and yes. wanted to be. So that is great. Yes, it's a lot of work, but it's it's been it's been a cool ride. Yeah. Okay. So. We've heard a lot about Instagrammable restaurants these mm-hmm. days. Can you paint us a picture of what anime looks like and feels like and why it's important to sort of piece the experience of dining together there? I, I would like to say that anime is a is a full experience from the moment that you walk into the door. When you walk in, you're, um, you first your eyes go to this big painting that we have in the middle of our bar that kind of glows and... Most people take pictures in front of it, and it's a pretty cool uh, painting. Uh, it's got this kind of like kaiju, koi fish thing going on, Iron Giant. And then after you pass that, or you go to a long dining room, it's got this. There's no hard lines in the mm. restaurant. It has this um, modern Art Deco vibe, very dim, sexy. And then, but um, some nights could be like could play some R and B or F K J. And then Friday Saturday night, you might hear some Biggie, some. <laughs> some hip-hop playing in the background. So most people think you'll hear, like, classical music and have it be super bougie. And it is bougie in a way, but you take out that pretentiousness feel, and it's actually just a very good time. And then our servers do a great job explaining the food, and then the food does its thing, does its talking. My team kills it. They kill it every night. And then um, you roll into lovely desserts by Chef Laura, and then you end the night with some good cocktails and hanging out with good music in the background and great service. And then from the point you live, you say have a wonderful night. And it's a it's a whole overall experience versus a restaurant where you feel like it's transactional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not just like, hi, what do you want? Right. And then, okay, here's your food. Your food yeah. Have a nice day. You know, like it's very, it's much more than that. You can easily spend two hours there and, and be like, forget what time it is. Oh, wow. I mean, how do you approach the balance of the look of the dining experience um, versus the actual food? Oh, that's that's an art in itself. Like you, you have to pay attention to what's going on around here and have kind of uh, your food has to look as just as sexy as as the dining room, you know. And um, it's hard to match, but in the end, you can have a pretty plate of food. But if it doesn't taste good, it doesn't matter, right? So, I think flavor flavor is very in your face, and we. I think as a team do a good job kind of matching the environment with the food. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's it's a, it's an art. It's hard. Some days it's like, okay, that doesn't match. Even the color of the plates. You know, right. I'm not going to put a white plate in, in anime. It doesn't fit. But it's a it's a combination of um, working with our front house manager, Tori, and our team and, and getting the right vibe when we look down aesthetically if it looks great. So not only does a plate look good or the food looks good, like as you expand out, does the glassware match? Does the napkins match? Do the chopsticks match? Is this the right lighting? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a vibe. It is. It's a vibe. Yeah. And so much detail that goes into it. I don't yeah, think people, people have, have appreciation for that. People really don't know how much work goes into running a restaurant. Yeah, it's a lot of hours. People are like, why do you get there so early? I'm like, well, do you think this food just... <laughs> magically pops up and is delicious. No, like I have people early as 6 or 7 a.m. like prepping already. And, you know, we have a team that gets out of there maybe like 11 or 12 at night. And I'm right there with them. You know, so it's it's a lot of hours and planning and time and 
studying and mm-hmm. it's not just like I'm just going to make something and put on a plate and here you go like it, it doesn't work that way at least not a proper functioning good restaurant yeah right yeah. yeah I mean and you bring up a good point there I mean because aside from the actual fine dining experience there's also more hidden work and a hidden world mm-hmm. of work behind the scenes. I, I think of the show The Bear, um, <laughs> and it, it, you know it brought to life that aspect of it for a lot of people. Uh, the sometimes chaotic world of working in a restaurant. So, can you talk about the less glamorous side of being a chef? Oh man, I think you. I always tell people if you want to work in a restaurant, you have to have a little bit of grit. You got to be tough uh, because not only that, it's a, it's a stressful environment and it's, it's, you, people only see white coats and clean white coats and clean, but it's not always like that. Some days I'm cleaning up a grease trap that's overflowing. Some days I'm working in the dish pit because maybe my dishwasher didn't show up. Um, maybe I didn't have a line cook show up and I'm right next to my team busting it out on a line during the summertime when it's 100 degrees right next to the grill, like 110. Like it's not, and we're sweating our butts off. But we do it because we love it. But that's the stuff you don't see. And I think the bear, I think the reason why it's doing so well, because it has people like Maddie Matheson, who is a chef, who's giving the real perspective of what it's like to be a chef. I think the first season focus on the, it gives you the feeling of that anxiousness and chaoticness of what it's like. Yeah, I, I grow some days I'm a therapist. Some days I'm, a, yes. you know, I'm a coach. Some days I'm a mentor. Some days I'm just a chef. You know, it changes. Some days I'm on the radio like this. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a very rewarding job. You got range, Tara. You got I, range. I'm, I'm spreading them. Okay. I'm spreading. I'm spreading it out. You know. Um, but I'm learning. I'm yeah. learning. What's most satisfying to you? Oh, the moment when I know I put so much hours into a dish. Some dishes come up in the day. Some dishes, it takes me months and days and weeks. Um, but the point where it's in front of a guest's face and they eat it and they make the face of like, like, <laughs> that's bomb. Or that you, I always tell my cooks, when you make something, you put it in front of their face and you watch them. Not creepy, not like that, but like from a distance, you watch them. And then the first initial bite is the most honest. People don't lie. If they, knew, if they know they're not being watched, it's a usually it's a slight head nod, mm-hmm. you know, or just like a, or a surprise or like, oh, that's they'll point at it and be like, that's bomb. You know, that's so good. And that's that's the moment that's the most satisfying for me. And I tell when they create dishes, I give them opportunity to create things and I tell them, watch their face. Like, you don't have to. I'm like, go watch their face. <laughs> and then they'll watch. And I'm like, if they're not nodding, you didn't finish it. It's not done. I'm going to be so mindful of that from now on. You watch, watch. (laughs) I swear to you, because I float around the dining room, not to be creepy, but, you know, I I like to see what's going on. And then I'll see it, especially if I know that they're new guests. And I'll be Mm -hmm. like, and usually right away, they'll eat something and they'll do the head nod and keep eating, you know, and that's a, it's a nod of approval. Yeah. That means it's, it's good. You've done good at that Exactly. If they're not, if they just eat it, go, hmm. Uh-huh. And I didn't, it's not done yet. That dish ain't done. It, oh, it's got to, you got to keep working gotta at it. Got to do something else. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, what are some of your favorite dishes at anime? Like, what must I try if I stop in? Oh, right now, I think it's always been our one of my proudest dishes, but most, our highest dish is the short rib kudakure. It's a peanut forward stew, uh, usually done with oxtail traditionally. And it's very, um, like, it's got this nutty, super peanutty uh, stew sauce. Um, mine is a little different. It's a little more balanced. There's a little more technique into it. 
versus just being a simple one-pot meal. Um, and that's all from techniques that I've learned working in the industry. And, um, and then it's done with short ribs, so it's like fork tender, and then you eat it with rice, and it's been on the menu with, um, on, since day one with uh, Chinese long beans and charred eggplant. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, already got my yeah. head nod of approval. Head nod of approval. <laughs> but, yeah, I've added some new couple new dishes this week. One of them kind of a little more in-your-face Filipino is a uh, dinaguan, which is um, done with beef cheek. Um, traditionally, it's made with offcuts, and then the sauce is thickened with blood. And I know for some people, they're like, oh, that's, uh, you know, but traditionally, even in French cookie, there's a lot of sauces that are thickened uh, with blood to make it creamier or have change the texture of the sauce. Hmm. Uh, but if I didn't tell people that there was blood in it, they would be like, yeah, still eat it. But the point you tell somebody that there might be blood in, there's it. Blood in it, but there's blood in everything. You eat yeah. a piece of steak, there's blood in it. You know, like <laughs> it's just changing. And like other countries, it's very normal, you know, and here it's, it might not be the most normal. But I think that's why anime is getting love, because I'm not trying to just meet to the people that just want that. I'm trying to meet to people who are foodies, mm -hmm. people who really want to eat traditional things and want to have a good meal and something that's not, you can't just get anywhere. And that's that's what I'm trying to do with my team. Chef Tara Mansad is executive chef at Anime Restaurant. Tara, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on that nomination. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go, San Diego. Let's go. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.